Good morning. Welcome to Stuttgart Harvest Church. I am glad that you're here this morning. We're presenting to you a series that was so meaningful to me when I heard it and I was taught this. I, I, we bumped the series that we were going to teach in the month of August so we could include this. I just felt God was saying, we need to do this. We need to teach it. That's why we're teaching it. I hope it is as challenging and encouraging to you as it was for me. And we're going to do our best to present it to you as accurately as possible. I know in my life, there are times that I like to take care of things. There, there are times that I like to get things done and, and I like to get things accomplished. And then there are also times when really I couldn't care less. And I balance between those. But when I am on, if I see something that's not being done, it tends to bug me. And, and I have a tendency to focus on that. If there's something that needs to be done and I know someone is supposed to do it and it's a responsibility, they need to do it, then I, I tend to watch that until it gets done. I have a tendency to focus on it, sometimes maybe even obsess over it. I watch for it, I watch for it, I watch for it, and I'm waiting for it to be done. And inside, I'm just like saying, well, please take responsibility. Please, please do this. Accomplish this. Get it done. Quit being irresponsible. And then I go look in the mirror, and guess what? It is almost impossible for me to see irresponsibility in my life. I just have trouble seeing it in my own life. And, and guess what? That's true for all of us. We can look at irresponsibility. We can define what irresponsibility is. We can define what responsibility is. We know what it is. We can point it out in other people's lives when we see it and when we notice it. But we almost, almost can never see it in our own lives. Here's another fact about irresponsibility. We have a tendency to confuse irresponsibility with this thing we call my American rights. We may not say this out loud, but we certainly live it with behavior. And here's what we say with our lives. We say this, this is my life and I have the American right to be as irresponsible as I want to be because it's my life and it's my right to do that. Most of us would have no argument. Yeah, okay, okay. But here's what we're saying. It's my life. I have an American right to be as irresponsible as I want to be, but you do not have the right to hold me accountable. And then to make things worse, we add this. And... You are responsible to clean up my mess and to pay the bill for my irresponsibility. And that belief is contagious. It spreads. Eventually, people around you, if you have that, people around you begin to say, well, then why should I pay for my way and clean up my mess? They don't have to. He doesn't have to. And don't I deserve to be happy too? Here's another fact. Behavior that gets rewarded gets repeated. So a student fails a test and they come home and they say, Mom, I, I, they didn't tell us, the teacher didn't tell us that that was going to be on the test. And Mom says, well, 
I'll just go down there and I will just meet with that mean old teacher that didn't tell you what was going to be on test. And I'll just tell her that they need to give you all another test and teach you what's in that. A teenager does damage to school property. He says, Dad, I've kind of messed things up over there. And Dad says, well, son, come with me. Let's just go cover it up and clean it up and nobody will know. A child has a wreck because they weren't paying attention while they were driving. They weren't driving safely. And they say, I was paying attention, I promise. Well, that's okay, sweetie. We'll just get you another car. We'll just go get that one. It doesn't matter. We'll we'll take care of it. That's no problem. A student gets a traffic ticket. Well, that's okay, baby. That's just a speed trap. That mean old policeman, they were just waiting for you. They were just just trying to get their quota. (laughs) Your adult child gets locked up in jail. They say, it's not my fault. Well, okay, darling. We'll be right there and we're going to bail you out. And then your adult child said, I I, I can't pay my light bill and my water bill this month, Dad. I don't know what's wrong. By the time I bought a pack of cigarettes every day and I paid my cell phone bill, there wasn't anything left. Well, I tell you what, that mean old boss, they really should be paying you more. I can't believe what they pay you. I'm going to help you take care of that. What gets rewarded gets repeated. Not taking responsibility for my life. It doesn't work in a relationship. It doesn't work in a marriage. It doesn't work in a family. It doesn't work in your business or your work. It does not work in a country. What gets rewarded, the behavior that gets rewarded always gets repeated And irresponsibility is contagious. Okay, here's another fact. Anytime someone does not take responsibility for their life, and instead they choose to act irresponsibly, then someone has to come behind them and take care of their responsibility. Irresponsibility does not just affect the person who's being irresponsible. It affects everyone and anyone who is connected to them eventually. Andy Stanley really wanted to drive this point home with his kids. He wanted them to understand that being irresponsible is not a solo thing. Eventually, Someone else has to come behind you and clean up your mess, has to pay your bills, has to do something if you're acting irresponsibly. And he wanted them to understand it doesn't just impact you. So here's what he would do. I'm not recommending that you do this at home. This is just what he chose to do. If he walked by the restroom or the bathroom and he saw one of his kids' towels laying on the floor, he would stop. He would call his child in. He would say, listen, I I need you to ask me, your dad, to pick up your towel for you and to hang it up to dry. And then the child would say, oh, oh, I just forgot. And so they would bend down to start to pick it up. And he would say, no, 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 no. I need you. I want you to ask me, your dad, 
to pick up your towel and say, I was so lazy, I just didn't do it, so will you pick up my towel for me and hang it up to dry? And it was like, oh, dad, dad. And he was like, no, 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 don't pick it up. I, I want you to ask me, your dad, to come behind you and to clean up your mess because you were so busy or so lazy that you wouldn't do it for yourself, but you want me to do it for you. And he would have them do that, ask him that. And then it, sometimes he would have them say, call, call your mom in, call your mom in. Dad, dad, I'll just do it. No, 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 call your mom in and say, will you please clean up my plates and my dishes, my dirty dishes I left in the living room because I was too lazy to do it. Will you do it for me? He wanted them to understand being irresponsible never is a solo thing. It impacts anyone associated with you eventually. If I choose to be irresponsible, I am at the same time asking someone to carry my load, to do my part, to clean up my mess. If I choose to act irresponsibly, you, if you choose, you are asking someone to clean up your mess. Relationally, same thing. If you choose to act irresponsibly financially, you are asking someone else to come take care of you financially, to clean up your mess financially. Even literally, all of the, your responsibilities in your life impact someone else if you choose to not do them. And being irresponsible does not work in a marriage, it does not work in a relationship, it does not work in a family, it does not work in a community, it doesn't work at your job, and it does not work in a country. And that's why the distortion of American rights is so dangerous. Saying that I have the right to live my life as I want to, as irresponsible as I want to be, but you don't have the right to hold me accountable. And by the way, you do have to pay for it, and you do have to clean up my mess. You have to deal with the chaos I create. And that doesn't work in life. Not a marriage, not a relationship, not a family, not a business, not a nation. Irresponsibility is not an individual thing because the mess created by an individual is cleaned up and paid for by the people connected to them. That's the way it works. It's just the truth. It's what really happens. Now, it's so easy to talk about all those irresponsible people in your family. It's so easy to talk about all the irresponsible people at work and irresponsible people in our neighborhood or in the country. It's so easy to talk about them, but we're not going to talk about them. This morning, we're going to talk about ourselves. We're going to talk about us. Because every one of us, myself included, at times have been known to abandon responsibility from time to time. And as Christ followers... We just can't do that. I'll tell you why in a moment. As Christ followers, we should be the most responsible people on earth. 
I mean, we should pay our bills, we should pay our taxes, we should pay our child support, we should take care of our families because we believe as Christ followers, we have to give an account of our lives to God, our Creator. Now, to help us with this discussion, we're going to land in a passage of Scripture that we continually find ourselves in this year. And once again, we're back there. It just... It's in the book of the beginnings, and it's, that's Genesis. And regardless of how you feel about creation and how this whole world got started, let me just tell you where I stand on this. I, I believe that what is written in the Bible is true. And here's a big reason why I believe it's true. Because Jesus, who predicted his death on the cross and also predicted that three days later he would rise from the dead and be walking and alive again, And then he showed himself to hundreds and hundreds of people before he went to be with the Father in heaven. The guy who predicted his death and predicted his resurrection and actually pulled it off. When he taught, there's a couple of times he taught on this passage, he actually taught as if this was real and and these were real people and this really happened. So I'm going to go with that guy. That's where I stand on this. But regardless of where you stand on this book, you can appreciate the wisdom that is in this passage. So we're going to look at this book and find this first experience, uh, this life-changing act of irresponsibility. So here we go. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and all the animals that scurry around the ground. In other words, he says this, before he gave any rules, before he gave any commandments, before the Ten Commandments, before the book of the laws, before any laws, he gave first major, huge responsibility. He gave the people responsibility before there were any rules at all. And then in verse 29, then God said, look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit of the trees for your food. In other words, he's saying, you have been created. I've given you all of this to manage, to take care of. You are responsible. And he has created each one of us to be responsible. Even if you are not a Christ follower this morning, even if you are just investigating this whole church thing, this whole following Christ thing, it does, this, it, you, this includes you because you too were created. It's in your DNA to be responsible. Now, because that statement is true for all of us, when we are responsible and we're managing our responsibilities well, then we are the most happy in our lives. When we are doing a good job with our responsibilities, we are happiest. We are most content. And that's the reason why it is so agonizing. If we find ourselves in a situation where we are out of work, it is agonizing because we feel that. We feel the weight of responsibility, and it's given to us by God, and we feel that weight. We feel, and that's a good thing. 
that we feel the weight of that responsibility. Because let's be honest, we know some people in our lives who have run away from responsibility. They ran away from a family or ran away from responsibility and they just said, forget this, I am done, I am out of here. And it's as if they just dropped all the responsibility and they took off. But as long as you feel the weight of that responsibility and you don't run from it, then you are, you're, you're heading towards God's plan for your life. And as you begin to fulfill those responsibilities, then you find your happy meter growing. Now, we're going to look at Adam and Eve here. They were created, given great responsibility. And you know what happened. They were given huge responsibility and one simple rule. That's it, just one. Isn't that ironic? Because so often when we think of God... We think of him as the rule man, the, the commandment man, the, right? The, all of these laws and rules, that's what we kind of think of. But here at creation, he only had one. Do you know why that is? Because rules are created for irresponsible people. That's true at work, isn't it? Don't you continually get rules added to your job? Why? Because somebody was irresponsible, and so we have to have a rule to address that, right? That's true at work. It's true at home. Wives, don't you have that list for your husband? I mean, maybe not, but we, it certainly is true for our nation. Look at all of our rules. Why? Because we have been irresponsible. So Adam and Eve had one rule, lots of responsibility, one rule. And what did they do? They acted irresponsibly with that one rule. And they broke it. God said, you can have everything in this garden. It's all, everything, it's yours. But one rule, don't eat from the fruit of this one single tree. That's it. And what did they do? They ate from the tree and instantly they felt guilt, they felt horrible, they, I mean, it was just, it all went bad from that moment. They felt that because they were irresponsible. So what happens next? Here it goes. Genesis chapter three, verse eight. When the cool of the evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden so they hid from the God among the trees. Why did they hide? Because they were ashamed. And, and you can't hide from God, but when we blow it, when we mess up, we do stupid things. We think we can hide. We think we can. And that's, they did the same thing we would have done. They tried to hide. So God comes through, and he's just casually giving them opportunity to kind of fess up here. And then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He, he knew where he was. He's just giving, giving him a chance to admit it, verse 10, he wants him to be responsible here. He said, uh, he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. So he's admitting that. That's good. I, I was afraid because I was naked. And here's, and God now giving him the chance to fess up, giving him the chance to tell him what happened, to admit it. Verse 11, who told you you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? He knew what had happened. He's giving him a chance to admit it. And here's how, here's how it goes down. Because he wants him to be accountable. wants him to be responsible. And here's what he said. The man replied, I did. Yes, I did. I take full responsibility for my choices. 
He said, do with me, God, do with me as you will, but leave Eve out of this. She is innocent. That's not, that's not how it went down. I mean, we would like to think he took responsibility, but that's not what he said at all. He didn't say that. Here, here's what he actually said. He actually said, verse 12, he said, the man replied, it was the woman, the woman you, God, you gave me. She gave me the fruit and I ate it. He's saying, look, look here, God, let, let me just set you straight on this. I did not ask for her to be in my life. That was your idea. I was down here all fine and dandy, hanging out with my buddy, animals, bumping fist and paws. We were okay. I was a little lonely, it's a little weird, but we were okay. You're the one, you're the one who made the woman and gave her here. This has nothing to do with me. This is her fault, her fault. And by the way, God, it was your idea, so this is your fault too. You did this. So you and her go out there and work this thing out. Leave me out of it. Doesn't that explain most of the conflict in our lives? Verse 13. So he goes. God goes to the woman. See what she has to say. Then the Lord God asked the woman. Well, what have you done? I mean, I, I, obviously he didn't do anything. Well, what have you done? She said, it was, wasn't me. The serpent... It was the snake. God, you created the snake. It's you. It wasn't me, she replied. That's why I ate it. It's not my fault. It's his fault. Here's another irresponsibility fact for us. Irresponsibility always creates conflict. Always. We do something irresponsible... We have shame, and so we blame, and then we have guilt. But it's amazing what happens when someone simply says, listen, I'm, I'm responsible. I mean, it may not all be my fault what happened, but I'm responsible because this is my life or, or this is my department at work or my, my team or this is my family. I, I, I may not be at fault here, but I'm responsible for what happened. But the moment a person shifts that responsibility away from themselves and toward someone else as they blame someone else, then conflict erupts. And this is true in your family, it's true in a relationship, your marriage, it's true at work, it's true in our nation. But conflict goes much deeper than that, than just between me and someone else. Because blame creates conflict inside of us. I might present to you a convincing argument about why I am not to blame and it is someone else's fault. But deep inside my heart, I know I am responsible. No matter what I have told you, deep inside, I I, I know I share the responsibility. I carry then a load of guilt and shame because I know the truth. And I'm not carrying my responsibility. And people every day live with deep 
guilt and deep shame because they have blamed their way out of responsibility in their life. And no one is holding them accountable. And they know that they are responsible, that it's really them, and it eats them up inside. And hear this. We will never reach our God-given potential if we don't take responsibility for our lives. We know that God expects us to be responsible. He expects us to take care of our families. He expects us to pay our bills. He expects us to live within our means. He expects us to keep a job. And we will never reach our potential that he has placed in our lives if we keep making irresponsible choices. Even if every other person around us has accepted irresponsible behavior from us, no one's holding us accountable, not our parents, not a spouse, not the government, no one's holding us accountable. And we think maybe that we've gotten away with irresponsible behavior. But the truth is, Because you and I, we were created to carry our load of responsibility. When we drop the ball, someone else has to pay the bill and shoulder our responsibility that we should have been carrying. When you are irresponsible, you've lost something that's a part of you. And you will never be at peace. You'll never live up to what God has created you to be. To your potential. Because you were created to be responsible. And when you are responsible. Because you were designed for responsibility. When you are and you are managing your responsibilities well then you will be at your most happy. You will be at your most content, your most fulfilled in life. And if, if you will once again choose to shoulder your responsibility, it will begin leading you down a path toward God. You will begin To find your way in this world as you begin to shoulder responsibility. But if we are hiding behind laws or behind policies at work or behind programs or behind blame. If we are hiding behind blame at the end of the day when we look into the mirror. We will be carrying a load of guilt and shame. And listen to this. Jesus wants To take that guilt and that shame off of your shoulders by means of you beginning to take responsibility for your life. I have to take responsibility for my life and my family. I have to. Now, we're asking you today to do two things. Here's the first thing. This week, will you just listen to the words that you use, the words you say, and then most importantly, really, the words you think in your head, words that are maybe words or thoughts of blame. It sounds like this. 
Well, the reason I didn't finish that project is, see, we're shifting blame to a circumstance. I, I couldn't exercise today because, or if you're like me, I didn't exercise today. That makes five years. <laughs> oh, my word. We shift responsibility, right? Just listen for those thoughts or those words. Listen. If we're making excuses, we're shifting blame. Listen to your words and to your thoughts this week and then ask yourself this question. Am I taking responsibility for my life? For real? I, I mean, am I really? Am I taking responsibility for my life, for real? Or am I trying to shift the blame somewhere else? And this is not something you publicize or say, this is all happening right here. When you hear those words come out of your mouth, or you have those thoughts in your mind, stop and ask, okay, am I taking responsibility for my life, for real? Or am I shifting responsibility to a circumstance or to a person? Now, here's the second thing. This one is, is more tough. And we're going to start just, if you can find your pen that you were handed when you came in, on the back of your worship guide, where it says some things I want to remember about today, would you draw a circle? Just draw a circle. Now, you don't have to, don't put it on your connection card because you're going to turn the connection card in. Just would you draw a circle on the back of your connection card, I'm, I'm sorry, on the back of your worship guide, just draw a circle. I take full responsibility for that last comment. It was completely wrong. <laughs> On the back of your worship guide, would you draw a circle? And you don't have to worry about someone seeing this because this is just a circle. You're going to go home and finish the rest. Inside of that circle, let's imagine that all of the chaos in your life is in there. And I know some of you are thinking, I need a bigger circle. <laughs> I need, I need. Or the person you're sitting by is like, they need a huge circle. My circle's kind of small, but no, 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 you're missing the point here. Just draw your circle, and we're going to just assume that all of the chaos in your life is in that circle. And when you get home, what I want you to do is that's going to be your pie chart. That's your pie. And I want you to draw a slice of the pie that is your responsibility. Because see, there's chaos in your life that may not be your responsibility. That's, that's just the way life is. But some of that chaos is your responsibility. And I want you to draw a slice of a pie. It's going to be a triangle of some size probably. You get to pick how big. It's your life. So of that, what is your chaos that you are responsible for. Draw your triangle, your slice of the pie. And here's what we're going to ask you to do this week. You must live here in this slice because you can't do anything about the rest of the pie. If that's someone else, you can't do anything about that. So we're asking you this week, will you live in this triangle this week? You can't make a difference in the rest of that. That's their responsibility. You can't make a difference there. 
you can make a huge difference in your slice, no matter how big or no matter how small it is. Will you this week live in your slice of the pie? As long as you keep focusing on all the rest of the pie, that's not your part, you will not make any progress because you are not accountable for their behavior. But that's where we want to live. I mean, let's just be honest. We want to live outside of our, we want to live in all of this and point all, it's so easy to point out their problems, to point out their irresponsibility, and we want to blame them and not focus on our own responsibilities. And this week, as you experience relational conflict at home, or you experience it at work, or with your neighbors, or with your extended family, or if you folk with here, even in the church, no matter where the conflict is, no matter uh, if the conflict is big or if it's small, think about this question. What is in, of this problem, what is in my slice of the pie? And then, have I taken responsibility for my life, my part, my slice for real. I mean, not just something I acknowledge and I'm talking about. Have I really taken responsibility for my part? Now, this reveals one very important secret to relationships that we all, we all struggle with. If you can ever get two parties who are in conflict to own, really own their piece of the pie, then you will make progress. But if everyone is only focused on the other person's slice of pie, you will only have chaos. And this week, will you just pause and ask, what is my slice? And then ask, have I owned my slice? God has created you to be responsible. And we know this. You are happiest when you are living responsibly. But we live in a contagious culture of irresponsibility. We have to say, this is my life, my family. I'm taking responsibility for real. And before I close in prayers, the band is going to be coming up. Perhaps today, for the very first time, maybe you are realizing this is exactly what I need. And maybe in your heart, and I haven't even talked about this, but maybe in today, maybe in your heart you are being drawn toward God. And you realize, maybe for the first time you're admitting, I have really blown it in life and I need help. And I said to you a moment ago, Jesus is waiting to take that load of guilt and shame off of your life. And the first responsible thing you could do today, perhaps for you, 
is to finally say, Jesus, I am yours. You can have this life. Maybe that's where you need to start. This morning, you may simply need to say, Jesus, I believe you really did die on the cross. And three days later, I believe you rose again. And because you did that, you have purchased my life with your blood. And so I am choosing to give my life to you. I've made a mess of it. Will you take it and begin to clean me up and to wipe me off and to set me free? And he will. This morning, if you're making that decision right now, as I'm saying that, you don't have to say a special thing, do a certain thing. If in your heart you're saying yes to Jesus, yes, you died on the cross, I believe it. Yes, you rose again, I believe it. And you can have this life, it belongs to you. If you're saying that for the first time, when you leave today, I need you to pick up this. Right as you leave, it's going to be right there at the box office as you leave. And there are several of these. They, look, they all look a little bit different, and they have a different color going through the middle. The one you need is green. Just remember, green. It's my green light. I need to go pick this up today. Green for go. It says first steps across the middle. That's what you need. Please take this home with you today. And also, please, on your connection card, let me know that today, for the first time, you're really making Jesus the boss of your life. You're becoming a Christ follower, giving him your life. And take this home with you. Let's pray. God, thank you that you have created us to be responsible. And thank you that we feel the weight of that responsibility. No matter what we say to others, no matter if we shift the blame or not, on the inside we know we are created to be responsible. And God, we need your help this week. We need your help to focus on the words that we're saying so we can identify when we are shifting blame to a, to a circumstance or to a person. And help us to ask that question, am I taking responsibility for my life for real? And then God, help us to identify our slice of the pie, our part where we are responsible and help us to focus on that part. Help us this week to not focus on the irresponsibility of others, but just to focus on our part. And God, help us to take responsibility there. Help us to start there. And as we continue this series, will you help us change our lives by taking responsibility for our lives for real? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.